Okay. Hello, Mr. Crosby? Yeah. Okay, perfect. I wanted to make sure I got you and me ready to go. So I remember we last um, stopped off to where you were in. You had you had moved into like maybe being like 13, maybe about, about maybe 15 or so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at around 15, well, what at what age do you remember being introduced to, um, to like alcohol or any type of um, sub illegal substances or addictive substances? Uh, between eleven and twelve. Okay, so we need to go back. Okay, what was your first memory of being introduced to um, to either one of those, and which one came first? Well, um. Although we came up in a, a close knit, you know, pretty pretty much at home, um, you know, the parents were real good good parents, and you know they liked like to entertain, and they would give uh like week weekend uh, on the weekends every now and then they would give the get-togethers for fam, you know, for relatives, and they would come over and you know drink, play cards. Dance, you know, dance by my father's uh, piano music, organ music, or whatever. And you know, at that time we was we wasn't able to mingle with the, with the older, you know, with the grown ups. So they would put, mm-hmm. make us stay in the basement and another part of the house. But then as we got a little older, you know, let me back up. That 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 gave me the opportunity to drink to drink some of that beer that was left because we would clean up the house, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started, that's when I started sipping on cans of beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was it just you? Yeah, it was just me. Yeah. It was just you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then when do you, what do you remember it feeling like when you first like started drinking alcohol? Uh, it was uh, a little funny feeling, warm, good feeling, giggly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, did it, when did it, did it always, was it always just kind of beer for you? Like, from there, did you start um, trying to figure out other ways that you could get beer or alcohol? Well, of course. Um well, this year, twist. At 13, I, 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 I was enrolled in junior high school, so that's when I started mm-hmm. getting around some more uh, um, different types of friends. I lost interest in school. Okay. And, when I, you know, when I would want some beer or wine or whatever, uh, we, would, we, would, we would get, a, me and my buddies would get an older person to go in the store and get it for us. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we would, we would pay them pay them to go in the store and grab us beer, wine. Were they all always just like, well, did you ever have anybody try to tell you no, or were they just like, okay, whatever, and they just went and got it? Well, well yes, some would some would say no, but you know, for the most part, we would keep on until we got somebody to do it for us. <laughs> Okay, okay. And you said that was around age 13, right, or so? 
have real uh the 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 um experiment with the beer was as up until around thirteen and then once I got uh in, in the eighth grade started drinking wine and we started started getting making me fall after I fall go to school, after I would go to school. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So do you remember what it was like? How did it feel for you waiting for those people to come? Like the people that said, okay, you know, yeah, we'll, I'll go get it for you. How, like, do you remember what it was? Did you guys feel like a rush doing that? Or what was the, can you describe what the feeling was like? Waiting for somebody to go and get it for you. Well, it was a happy feeling because we wanted to drink. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. Um, so once you, you know, once you did that, like around in the eighth grade or so, um, did it, wh- what did it graduate to as far as um, the type of alcohol you drank? Was it always beer or um, when no, did no, you? no, it. No, it it, it 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 quickly quickly uh, moved to wine. MD twenty twenty. Oh, Mad Dog twenty twenty. Okay. Heard about that. Okay. Okay. So then, tell me, as far as the Mad Dog twenty twenty, did you feel a difference with that when you started drinking that? Like was it a oh yeah more of a buzz? Oh yeah, oh yeah, more of a buzz, more of a uh, an aggressive type, uh, a false courage type thing. I, I would get, um, you know, I would get false courage. I would do things that I normally wouldn't do. So then, so tell me, when you decided that you wanted to move up, was was that was that something that you were kind of were you ever nervous as, as to how you started to feel when you drank? Like how, what kind of person did you turn into when you started to drink? Or do you remember how you were like when you started drinking? Well, and like I said, I you know give me. It was giving me a sense of false courage. Cause first of all, I was a little, a, a little dude, and and you know, a, a, a skinny guy, and it, it would help me, uh, give me courage to, to fight more so. Uh, you know, yeah, it would give me yeah false courage, and you know, it would give me courage not to go to school, just cut school. Um, Run away from home, that kind of that kind of thing. How often would you like start cutting school? Like, would it? When did it get to be like many days in a row? Or how how did you? What was your earliest memory of you cutting school? Do you have like anything that any specific day you remember? Not specific day, but I. I uh... Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Mm-hmm. You remember during that time. 
Did your parents Absolutely. ever find out that you were cutting? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what happened when they lot, found lot. out? Well, they, uh, really, my, my parents was, was, was working all the time. And they found out they just, you know, my, my, my father, he would, uh, he, he would, well, he, he, we got to the point where he had stopped whooping us because he, he whooping me because he, 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 I guess he said, I'm not to kill that boy. So he, he, he hard headed. You know, and I was, I was the only one that, that wouldn't go to school. And things just started happening in school with the fights, fights with security guards and all that stuff. So, uh, my parents just kind of like washed their hands, not washed their hands, I don't want to say they gave up on me. But I don't know why. Really, really, they, they, they were coming, running back and forth up to the school about me and stuff. And then I just, you know, as long as, as, long as I would come, come home sometime, it was okay. You know, because my father, he was working two jobs. My mother was working two jobs. So I kind of like eased around it. And plus, let me ask you, do you think with them also having your other siblings that it maybe contributed to them, maybe not? At, at that time, they were just really, they, if anything, they wanted to make sure you came home. Right. Right. There you go. Let me ask you something. Was there anything that ever made you say or made them just say, you know what, no, this is ever reach like a breaking point with it or when do you yep. think Oh well my father got to the point where he was he, he was he was threatening me with I'm gonna let those I'm gonna let those folks downtown take care of you. That's what he would do. That's what he would say. I'm gonna let the white folks take care of you. Yeah. But you know Instead of saying you made your bed, you're gonna sleep in it one day. That type of stuff. But that's basically what he was saying. You know, he, he was threatening me with that. And uh, but 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 I I got gotten into a, a fight in junior high school, and um, I was 16. And and my father, he he finally. Believe me, um, because I, he wouldn't believe me with, with other stories that I would tell him in school. So I got in a fight with a security guard in the six, I was six, 16, and, my fa- and, and they kicked me out of school. So my father went up to the school to see what was going on because what happened with the security guard, the security guard that threw up, they gave me a paddle. Like they used to, back then, they used to paddle it school and he had a paddle he used to carry a paddle in his back pocket so he threw a we got caught in the we got caught in lockup which which once the school bells ring you got to be in class if you're not in class in a certain amount of time they lock the doors so if you get caught in the hallway that's when security get you know clears the hallway to take you to, to the office or whatever so i ended up getting me and a couple more students somewhere else they caught me. 
And me and the security guard got in a, in a fight. And they, 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 they kicked me out of school. And I went on told my dad, like, they kicked me out. So he went up to the school with me. And I kind of felt proud of my dad because he believed me that time. And uh, so my father, when we went to the principal's office, he was like, well, I understand is who threw, who threw the paddle at my son? Why do you throw a paddle at my son or something like that? Mr. Vaughn, I never forget it, the, the principal, he, uh, he, 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 he sugar-coated it and washed his hands with it pretty much and uh, let me back in school. So a uh, couple of days later or whatever, a little time rolled down, a little time down the road, the security guard passed away. He died from a heart attack. And they tried, they tried to say it was because of the um, ordeal he had with me. So they sent me to the job course. And this was like 16, this was like ninth grade. And by the time I got out of, I stayed in the job course, in my first taste of uh, being incarcerated, my institution, rather, incarcerated. I think I mentioned to you about the about the, the, the mental health thing, right? Yes, you did. Yeah, you told me about the okay. mental health. Okay. Well, um, they took you to they they basically took you and had me evaluated. To be evaluated. Right. Right. And so when I get out, uh, when I get come home from the job court, which I stayed in there for about thirty days, and my parents let me come home. I guess. Out of, out of from being, constantly being embarrassed about not a- answering to where their son was. I know that's what it was. You know, we, just, we had a lot of aunts and uncles. And like I said, they used to give up, get, get together and stuff. So everybody probably wants to know what I was. You know, our parents do. They try to make up, that take up for their kids and make up stories and stuff. So my dad let me, you know, they let me come home. I was to Indyburg, Indiana. When I came home, I was about to turn 17, and uh, I got enrolled in Glenville, senior high school. I don't know how that happened. I really don't know how that happened. And I didn't stay, I didn't stay there a year. And I got kicked out of Glenville. I know I'm taking it a little too fast, but I got, I got kicked out of senior high school in 72. And I, I was 17. Just turned 17, and an ad popped up in the paper. It was hiring for the railroad. And I ended up getting a job at the railroad. And at that point, my parents were proud of me. You know, because we got, you know, I got jobs, it was a good job. And, you know, we were going to, like I said, my, my father, he was getting up in the mornings and his sons and having coffee and reading the newspaper and stuff like that. And, and, and things. You know, pretty got pretty good for, for for a while. Then when I got out of the railroad, that's when it, that's when I got introduced to hardcore drugs, and and all we did like to shoot dice, but it was bigger crap games in the locker rooms at the Penn Central Railroad. And um, you know, I got introduced to. Um, all types of drugs, LSD, DHC, 
uh, hardcore liquor, wine, moonshine. That's when I got involved with a lot of the other stuff. Gambling tough. Have, uh, after hour joints, hanging around, because I, I got exposed to some different type of people. Mm-hmm. But I know you were still in, I still knew you were still in junior high school, but I just, I took you a little further. But we can go back it's to okay. 14 to 15. This is good. This is good. So with, that's with you having to kind of fight with the security guards and got put into job corps. What was that experience like for you? Of course. How did that, like, can you think of any memories from Job Corps or how it made you feel being there? Oh yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was. I, I, I wanted to come home because it was. Oh, right. it, it, it was an old arm. It was like a. We lived in like barracks, like it was an old it was an army base, and I had never been around a bunch of uh, boys or men like that. Only, only, only uh, 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 guy that I ever slept with, with is my brother. You know, shared a bedroom with is my brother, and we had separate beds. But and 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 and, and my my uncles when we used to go down to my my grandma's house in the summertime and spend the night. Those are the only guy that ever slept with, slept around. When I went went, went to the job corps, it was it was hundreds, <laughs> and uh. You know, I I wanted to come home. It, it was kind of scary, but mm-hmm. I got I got acclimated to it because I ran across a couple of guys. It was from Cleveland in my neighborhood that I didn't know that, that got sent there. And um, oh wow! And I think I think the thing go on there that uh you know I, I it, it was kind of it was kind of crazy. It took you. It it kind of was like a shock for you to see that type of thing, certain things go on. Was So just to kind of keep it, just to kind of see what you mean, are you meaning like things um, where other uh, other people that were there were being abused or where they were doing things you normally wouldn't see people do? Right, absolutely. So... With you seeing that, you said, I know you said that it was kind of scary because, for one, they were older people. Um, there were a lot of older older guys there. Um, what else, like, when you find, what, how did you, when were you able to come home? Was uh, you just done doing, I guess, did they have you do like a, because I'm not sure how Job Corps works, but you tell mm-hmm. me how you were able to get to come home. Well, I, uh, I I wrote my I wrote my mom and dad a letter, okay. and you um, yeah, I wrote my mom and dad a letter, and they said no at first, but then um, I threatened I threatened threatened to leave. I was gonna go AWOL. Now I'm way I'm way up in Indiana. <laughs> that's why that's and I'm 17 years old, almost. So, uh, you know, that was 
I was I was talking about hitchhiking from there. I ain't never hitchhiked in my life. And uh, and, okay. and and then and then some. It, it, uh, I was influenced by some guys from Cincinnati because see they were talking about Pony Wall too. So uh, I was like, well, they go Wall. I'm going Wall too, and I don't know where I would end up. But yeah, but they but but, but my father they gave me in and let me come home. So let me make sure I understand. So the way that you were getting ready to, that you were able to go home was because you threatened to go a uh, a wall. Yeah, because I told them I wanted to get out of here. And you know, I wanted to go home. So and like I said, my my father probably it's my father really. I think my mother. I don't know which which one really. Uh, I think they had to have a discussion because I was I was you know they probably were saying well. You probably better off where you at because maybe you might make something about you know might come up with a trade or something. But so that was the purpose of going there. And but I guess they have to elaborate on it, talk about it. You know, and and like I say, it kind of like slows the embarrassment down too because I I, I believe my parents. So you know, we come from a proud home. You know, and they did pretty stuff. They did pretty good with their kids. So I was really just like a uh, embarrassment to the family. At a very early, early age, and uh, I guess that kind of like eliminated the fact that they had to continue to make up excuses where I was. So it's, like, you know, I think that had something to do with it too, for real. But you know, for them making their decision, they were making. They didn't tell anybody where you were really at, like certain people. They just basically said, you know, they they were making excuses for where you were, or make just saying you were different places. Right. Right. So they had right. my mother, embarrassment about you going there. Right, and my mother did that for years, and you know, until I got grown, really grown, and and people really knew. Like when I when I would go to the penitentiary, stuff like that. But Larry, you doing? Larry doing? He's doing okay. Uh, you know, I'll probably be in the joint or something. But um, yeah. So I want to jump to when you got out. Do you remember what it was like when they came and picked up from Job Corps, or when you when you go home? Yeah, they came and picked me up at the bus station, Brown bus station, and uh, you know, shoot. All of us were smiling. My dad was glad to see me. Mom was glad to see me. Mm-hmm. We're glad to see you. So then, so as far as you know, what what you were doing, again, um, and I know you know why they sent you there. But when, how did things go once you got out of? out of job corps? Because I know you said that you went to senior high school after you got out, if I'm not mistaken. Right. I got home. We got home. Got home. And uh, I think maybe my parents talked to me and I, you know, made my prompt. I'm getting, you know, I'm straightened up and all that, a lot of, And I went and I uh, enrolled in senior high school, Greenville High School. And I just said I went. I went 
I went through school, through the front door and out the back. And, uh, oh, yeah. And, um, you know, if there was a crap game out there in the parking lot, I did that. But anyway, I, I got rescued. God, God uh, did some miraculous for me when he got me the job at the railroad. And uh, they carried me for, for, for quite a while, you know, until, until 84, until my father, my father passed, I mean, 81. Um, for eight, well, well, I lost the job at 84, my father passed in 81. Okay. I lost my job in 81. In 84? In 80, 81. 81. The same year my father passed. So and I had my first daughter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Too much drinking and drugging. I showing up. And the union union got to the point where they just couldn't help me no more. They saved my job too many times. After they six were, years. They were just kind of over at, at that point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And see, back then, back then, they wouldn't send you to uh, treatment facilities and stuff. I know the railroad workers. You know, now your job is sent, you know, give you treatment, let you a couple times for treatment and give you chances and chances. You know, back then, they would give you time off. You know, three days here. You know, three days, whatever. Yeah. So, okay. back then, I didn't know anything about treatment. How did you feel when, you know, when your father passed? You said that was in... Oh, I, let me back up just a bit. Because you went... What year did you go to senior high? Uh, seventy. Was seventy two because I got kicked out in seventy two, or maybe the end of seventy one between seventy one and seventy two. Yeah. And then you say you had worked at the railroad up until about eighty one. Yeah, from nineteen seventy four to nineteen eighty one. How did that impact you when you lost your dad? Big time. When I lost my father, it was like I lost my my best friend. I um, as a matter of fact, I I had a resentment towards God behind that. I mean, I was devastated. And and and, and back then, some people were saying when my father died is when is when when Larry when he started going the other way. People say that, that, that that's what they saw. You know, I got dad, but see, they didn't know I was dangling it, but I, you know, I was giving and dabbing with that type of lifestyle anyway. But you know, they, they, they you know, they feel like everything can just progress once my father died. And like I said, I, I had this resentment with God because um, I had friends that had fathers. My father was, you know, he was, he was, he was. A, he was a good dad. I mean, he he went to work, came home, gave my mom his check. I mean, he you know he he uh he, he had other things that he did for recreation, but he you know he took care of his family. And uh, 
Yeah, he took care of his family. And I had friends that had fathers that was drunk, falling down, I mean, falling down, drunks, I mean, embarrassing. So my father was, was liked by the other kids, the kids on the street, the family on the street, my mother, you know, because our house was the house. So it was always Mr. Crosby and Miss Crosby, you know. And I had resentment toward God behind it because I was like, um, God, why you take my daddy? And here it is. You know, so-and-so's father is a drunk. Uh, be coming, he might be coming home from work, but he might be coming home from work, pissy drunk, falling down, standing up his face, everybody on his porches, the whole streets, you know what I'm saying, that type of stuff. Why don't you take his daddy? You know, you take my daddy, you know. And, uh, but, and I, I, I felt that way for a while until I talked to my daughter's April, um, mother. Sierra wasn't born then. Sierra was born in 85. And, uh, April was born in 81. And I talked to her grandmother, and she, uh, she, she kind of like helped me out there a little bit. She, she told me that, uh, really, I understand how you feel, but at that, at that time, God wanted, you know, he wanted somebody good, a good person. So I was young, you know, and it, it, it made sense. And it helped me out. But I had, I had a big time resentment. Yeah. So, which is understandable. So, and I know you said that your daughter, you said that April helped you work, basically work through that. So, no, my my daughter, no, my 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 daughter, my daughter's grandmother. April was just born. Oh, I'm sorry, your daughter's grandmother. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. April April was just was a year. I don't think April. I don't think she was a year old, but she, she never seen my father. My father never got a chance to see my kids. Hmm. I'm going to go back in time a little bit with you. So let's talk about after your, after your father passed, um, well, before then. When did you, do you remember having like your first child? My first child. You see, job or child? Hello? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. You see a child or job? Oh, child. I'm sorry. Child. Child? Um, yes, sir. In 81. Okay. How did you meet yeah, your was... first child's mother? Well, her, her brother, her brother Larry, used to work for the railroad. And me and Larry got, you know, we, we met it. At, at the railroad, and he kept saying, hey, "I want you to meet my sister. I want you to meet my sister." And that's how we met. I met her. I met Diane, her mother, through her brother. You met her. So tell me a little bit about like what your relationship was like with her. 
But we had a good relationship. Like maybe from the beginning to from the beginning to how it um, maybe have ended. Uh, well, from the beginning, from the beginning to the end, really, we we was um, we was really close, except for things that I was doing, and that you know, because my my um, addiction started playing with our relationship, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened as far as the um of the addiction? Like with y'all's relationship. How did that what was something that, that, that happened or what was something that kind of started I guess maybe that domino effect of fall apart as far as the you know, as far as the addiction? Well, when when April was born. If I say bubble, I mean April because I call it bubble. So okay, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, when when, you know, when she was born, I I, I was still uh, working for the railroad for a while, and I mean for for a few months. But at that point, I I had my you know I still had my own place. So I had my own apartment, and mm-hmm. um. When I left the railroad, I went to another job, an exterminating company, terminate, I mean, uh, working. You know, so I was always still managing to have make good jobs. And, you know, and, and actually me and her mother, we were still close, but I was, I was getting high. And she wasn't, she wasn't aware of the extent of it. So... Um, when things started getting a little rough on my end, we ended up, I ended up moving, ended up moving together, I ended up moving with her. And that's when she got exposed to a lot of stuff. That's when she got exposed to a lot of stuff. Yeah. And um, four years later, Fierro was born. I mean, we're still together. We're still together. Four years later, but it things were shaky, kind of rocky. You know, I mean, but at that point, I would take out because she worked third shift. I wasn't working. She worked. She had, she was working third shift. I would, you know, be in, man and out, taking care with the baby in the will. Uh, yeah, taking care of the kids, getting them off the school in the morning. I was doing doing responsible stuff. You know, I would I would braid my daughter daughter's hair. They remember that too, but but we're, we're April do anyway. I braid the hair, send them to school. They be going to school some five five time. Your mother get home. I was very responsible until I, you know, just gradually, gradually, gradually started doing other stuff. So when was the breaking point for that? Like. Did the I guess did did when did you end up going to uh, after you started having kids? Well, that was that was that was afterwards. That was that was, that was afterwards. Okay. After um, yeah, after we had um, broke up and um, I was 
see. As we broke up, which way did I go? <laughs> and she she moved. She moved and I moved. Yeah, I went to um living uh from Pillar to Post. And then then uh I started experiencing homelessness. That's when I started being homeless. Because at that time, at that time, I had, uh, which was around 84, 85, before we had split all the way up, I had started uh, using drugs intravenously. Yeah, and she, she, uh, cocaine, and she, you know, and mixed with her heroin every now and then. And, she kind of figured some things out, and once we broke up, instead of me going trying to get some help, you know, I just started hanging, just doing my thing. So as far as holding on to a job and all that stuff, that, that was that was a that was that was a no no, and they wouldn't let me do that. So now I'm hustling in the streets and doing, you know, and being homeless, living in different homeless shelters, things things of that nature. With you homeless, what what was the, do you remember what may have been the hardest thing for you about being homeless? Like the hardest thing. I know there are some things that, you know, I know it's not a good thing at all, but what was the hardest thing about you being homeless? Not having my own place to lay my head. And, uh, you know, it was a a slow adjustment, but once I got comfortable with my own skin and started hanging out with the homeless food, and thieves and cooks and all the above, I got comfortable with it. Um, I can remember a, a, a situation where uh, when I first got home, it was the winter time, my first homeless winter. <clears throat> In order to get a bed, a bed in the shelter, you had to be that. You had to be there like four thirty, four o'clock. You know, in line, you know, they line up outside. So it was wintertime, it was cold too. And I ended up missing out on the bed. I didn't get a bed. So this guy named John, I'll never forget it. He 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 was a he he lived homeless. So he was comfortable with it. He gave up his bed to somebody else so he can show me so he can hang out with me and take me somewhere. So we went, we went over, we went, where did we go? We went, what he called his stick, left in a, left in a box or something. And that was my first humiliating um, experience being homeless. 
Yeah. Then I um. Then I then I learned about you know different places like the Salvation Army. Mr. Crosby, I'm sorry. Yeah. Then you know then I learned about different um places to go, churches. Um, I stepped in a monastery plenty of times. Um, I'm sorry, you learned about what? I, I, I learned about the the, the, uh, the places to go to. Um, okay. And they they used to have they they had they had shelters called different sites. So I would go to this site, or I would go to this monastery, and 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 stay until I got my shelf back. You know, back to life, I guess. Um, but got rested, and I would stop going there and go for another run, hang out in the street. Sometimes it was so bad, I was, I was. You know, once you became homeless, now you know, you know the different places to go. What was the was there? What was the turning point for you to say, or was there a turning point? Did things go from yeah? Yeah, it went it went worse. But that's when I started catching cases, felonies, and they, the 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 judicial system. You know, they started off with giving me probation after probation after probation. That's when I first got um, affiliated with AA and in it because when they give you probation, they give you stipulations. You got to come drop urines. Um, uh, you know, you got to report to your probation officer a certain time a week. And uh, you have to do a certain amount of meetings and get a paper signed. So that's when I got really affiliated with AANA. But then... That was too much for me. That was too much responsibility, which I stopped doing it. And I caught another case, robbery of robbery of, of, of petty. But I committed a crime. It was a felony. That they couldn't they couldn't do nothing none else for me. That's when they sent me to the penitentiary. Uh but ho ho ho, let me back up. Let me back up a little bit. What happened when when my homeless um uh homelessness I got on I got on the uh, uh, housing list, CMH housing, CMHA housing. That's what happened. And they happened to call me. They happened to call me. Um, but but he sent a letter to to my mother's house because that was my mailing address. My mother said, "Well, you got a letter here from CMHA." He gave me a, a apartment in the project, and this was in 1990. I'm still doing probation and all that stuff. And uh, now I got my own little apartment in the projects, but I'm still doing my thing. And my, my uh, advice and stuff, they, they, they came to kick my door in. And when they took me to jail, they raided my house. They took me to jail. That's when I did my first bit in 1991. That's when I first went to the penitentiary.
how long was that stay that that um bid? That was uh nine months. Nine months. Now, mind you, now I'm exposed to 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 to, to um um see doing that course of of uh, of things. You know, with, with my home, with, with go back to my homelessness. See, I was strung out on crack and 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 free base and cocaine. Then, see, I was before me and me and me and my kid was booked up. I was just smoking cocaine. But then, once I got in the streets and got introduced to crack cocaine, that's when I started doing all kind of stuff. And but I, you know, and, and which resulted to homeless, homelessness, and I got on the housing list, got to the apartment, got me off the street, and I think I was in that apartment for maybe about a year, year and a half, and too much traffic, and it, 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 um, it, it kicked my door in, it raided my apartment, took me to jail, and by me being on paper and all that stuff, probation, I went to the penitentiary, sent me to the penitentiary. So what was that like for you to first, you know, like your first real bid like that? It was humiliating because what they do, they send you through processing. They send you through um, they're processing the rain, and then it's, and, and you stay there 7 to 14 days before they send you to your parent institution. And so... The rain is like, you know, they got the range, and then you got the jail cells, you got a celly. But then when you send me to your parents' institution, it's like uh, they sent me to uh, Madison, and it was for nine months. And it was like rehab to me. Because at this time, shoot, I was glad because I was tired. And at this, at this point, after all the, the probations and the, the city jails and that my mother and them had to witness me going in and out of city jails, hospitals. But at that point, I had, been, I had got shot down in the, uh, another project down there. They didn't know about that because the bullet went straight through my leg. And um, one time my mother had come to the hospital and... Um, what was that for? Wow. Yeah, for certain incidents and, and uh and it all led up to so at this point when I would call my mother, she was glad I was locked up because she used to she used to think that I believe that one day she was gonna get that call. It's just how mm-hmm. bad it was. Oh yeah. Seriously. And um so she she um she was like, I knew you was locked up because I, I would call her from from the county. She was like, I knew you were locked up, and I'm so glad, Larry, because somebody's going to kill you. If, if, if don't nobody kill you, that, that the, the lifestyle the lifestyle is, son. You know, she used to, my mother used to be crying sometimes. Even my brothers and sisters used to talk to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. 
No, no, no. I wanted to know. Um, so I know you said that that was like your first, your first stint. So mm-hmm. how long, do you remember when you came home and what that feeling was like? Oh, when I came home, um, I got to go to my mom's. And uh, but she was glad to have me, you know, her baby boy. <clears throat> she knew that was, she just knew, you know, mothers are. So she just knew that was it. Her son got his, you know, he learned his lesson, that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, at, at that time, my kids, uh, they, I mean, I was just seeing my kids, visiting my kids, um, whenever I could, um, and, you know, because she was in a love relationship. I think she, that's, that's when she met the other guy. And uh, so there was no getting back together. That was, we were done. The time we broke up there, we never got back together. So, and uh, so anyway, I came home, and, and my mother, you know, she was glad. She fixed me a, a home-cooked meal. And, uh, let me see what happened after that. Did I get a job? No, I I uh, I managed to get disability. Okay. Which kept me. Yeah, I managed to get disability because I had been in the penitentiary. They were giving me disability uh, for that back then and drug addiction. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty that's pretty good. Yeah. So okay. So you said that they, they had gave you treatment there there too for you know, for the addiction. So treatment uh, where? Oh, I'm sorry. At the at the excuse me at the penitentiary that let the stint you did, or was that where they well, gave you just disability? Yes, I got disability when I got out. Didn't give oh, you got it when you got out. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. wait. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, so tell me, and I'm not gonna try to keep you too long, but I do want to ask you just a couple more questions. So tell me, you know, when you when you started getting disability, remember how old you were when you started getting that? Hmm. Well, I thought it was in 92 or 93. How old was I? Who <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, that, that, That's all we need right there. That would be good enough, that 92 or 93. We'll figure that out. <laughs> We'll figure that part out. <laughs> Did it take a long time right. for you to get your disability? And do you remember what the process was for you? Well, it 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 didn't take uh 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 it didn't take that long because I qualified. <laughs> you know, mental health issues. Uh, you know, from from uh being in the joint and 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 my past. So. You know, I qualified, and 
you know, and, and, and being and, and, and being a um a alcoholic and drug addict, substance abuse, and that that played that played that tied in with the not played in that tied in with the mental health too, addiction and mental health. Okay, so it didn't. Yeah, you said it did not take long for them to approve that. So, once you got out, do you feel? You know, do you feel like and started getting disability? Do you feel like things got better, or did things for you feel like it got worse? Well, uh, I mean, things got better for a minute, and. You know, but I stayed sober for, let me see, that, 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 that's the long that I had been sober. That nine months that I did was the long that I had been sober. And, and, it's high school. Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, a nine months stretch, that's the long that I've been sober. Yeah. Because see, at that point, I'm trying to remember. I knew I had been to a lot of detox, but I had never been to treatment. So, you know, that's the long time that's over, that nine months. So, you know, I thought I, I thought I had it licked because in the joint, they had AA and NA. And I was just going through the motion. I was just doing, doing some NAA meetings, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just to satisfy the judge, really. I would, you know, I wasn't serious. And uh, so the judge can, you know, uh, be satisfied. And so I come home. I'm, I move my mom's, you know, you go so bad to have me a baby boy. You know, he was and all that old good stuff. And like I said, she just knew I had got, gotten it together. Wanted for me to break her heart again. Yeah. So how and did you feel... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, please, with your question. Oh, I just wanted to know how, how did you feel, you know, like once you... Just looking back, how did you feel knowing, you know, that you have broken her heart, you know, did you ever feel, how did, like, did you ever feel any type of guilt behind that, or how does that make you feel now, or do you think about it now? Oh, of course, although my mother passed on, uh, it, but, but that's part of my story. That's part of my story um, at the end, you know, because uh, there's a, there's a, there's a, Good end to this story. It's like a love story. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a very good end, end to this story. And, you know, my mother, she wasn't the only one hard I broke. You know, I had, you know um, actually the only really uh, relationship I had at that point point was a kid's mother and then down the line in ninety eight I met I met somebody that we're gonna talk about. 
you know, that's that's another that's that's going into the mother stuff. <laughs> I guess you I guess you say dad is more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but we got time. <laughs> So, so what I want to ask the last question I'm gonna ask you, and then um, you know we can can go on from there. But the last question I want to ask you is, with your how do you, do you remember how your children, you know, felt? Were you in communication with them, um, you know, during any of those hard times from you being homeless or being in prison? Well, uh, I would, I would, I would be in contact with my girls uh, <clears throat> whenever I was straightened up, and you know, because I was in and out of homelessness, in and out of jail, and uh, but my oldest daughter, she um, how uh, should I put it? I would always manage to, to, to go around some kind of way and see them. And they, they, my, 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 my Uncle Norman, that's, that's the one I want to talk about, too, that was very influential, inspirational, inspired me to do things out of my mother's eight brothers. You know, he, when, when, when I wasn't around, he would pick my daughters up. He was like their daddy. He, he, was, he, he was, you know, he was really... Uh, spent some time with my daughters. He's, he's dead and gone. My mother's brother. And uh, I want him, definitely want to give him a shout out in my book. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, because my uncle, he was very, he, he was he was a singer. He, had, he was a, a, a professional singer. He was a lead singer, a professional singing group. And he inspired me to, to sing. We didn't sing in groups and put together singing groups and uh, um, out talent. I used to do all that stuff, but it was always little uh, something involved with, with drugs or alcohol. So it would never let me complete anything. Hmm. You know, yeah. But I mean, I was I was blessed. I was blessed with talent. You know, other than boxing, I you know, like I say, I you know, I played instrument. You know, I had. You know, until I had my throat operated on a vocal cord, but I, you know, from beautiful voice. I mean, you know, it, it was a lot going on before King Alcohol and King Drug got a hold of me. Gotcha. Like that's then that's and I want to talk about that too. I think that's going to be my next batch of questions for you next week. Um, okay. Just talking about you know the loss, like things that you missed out on. Um, talking about maybe a couple things. Talking about the lessons you know that that you may have learned. But then we'll also talk about like post you know post this penitentiary stint, and then the things that you did to kind of get yourself um, back together. Okay, because there's two more penitentiary stints we got to talk about. Oh, okay. Well, we got time. <laughs> we got time. We'll have enough time too. Okay. So, do you want to do yes, Wednesday yes, next yes. week? Oh yeah, yeah. We go. Um, get you yourself, you know, get your um thing, get your thing together with you, with you know, with your situation. Yes, sir. And uh, we, we, you know, we, 
What next week? What Wednesday or Thursday? How are you um, gonna do it? Yeah, we can do. Uh, we can do. Uh, let's do Thursday next week. Sound good? Okay, cool. Sound good. What same time? Same time. Okay, so we'll send me your invoice when, whenever you're ready. Once it, you know, you can, no matter. Send it whenever you get, you know, whenever you want to. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I'll, mm-hmm. what I'll do, I'll go ahead and send it, and then, you know, whenever you want to pay it, just pay it, and we'll we'll keep it going. We got, after that, okay. we'll have one more meeting or one more um, interview, and then me and you will okay, have a... Now. Go ahead, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah. What was your question? I was going to ask you if, if necessary, if need be, can can I um, ask for another interview or two? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you want, yeah, that's, you can definitely do that. Yeah, that's perfect. I think, okay. I mean, I think we'll have time, but I want to make sure we get everything in this book that you want to talk about. So if we need another yeah, one or two, we can do that. Okay, because like, right quick, quick, because my objective is, you know, I want, I want them, I want my reader. Uh, this is really uh, 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 um, God, this, this book is really for people that's going through something that I've been through. You know, hopefully it can change their life. Yeah, that's why right. I want to come over with it. Yeah, that's my main objective. You know, okay. uh, and I want to and I want to try to find me a good um, uh, topic to put on the front of the, on the, on the book. So, you know, catching. Catching okay, and me and you will have yeah. another meeting too, just to talk about you know what we're going to be doing as far as your cover, um, and right. as far as like any pictures you may want me to use, anything like that. Okay, so, okay. How about an introduction? Will we put an introduction in there? Yes, we will. Yep. So you tell okay. me if you you know however you want to put that together if you want to write or and then I just you know put uh, spruce it up and package it. Up to you. Okay, sounds great, Tim. Everything right, will be included you. with that. You're so welcome, and thank you for you know for your time this evening. Okay, I just so excited. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> yes, you, you, you only can imagine. <laughs> yep. Well, that makes me happy. <laughs> you okay. know, I'm glad you're excited about it because you know that means we're doing we we moving in the right direction. So. And I, you know, again, I thank you too for your courteousness, um, and just being, just being you. So I appreciate you, and uh, I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna send you that first recording too, so you can kind of listen, so you'll just have that too. And then I'll. Okay, so you're gonna send it. You're gonna send it to my email, pretty much, right? Yes, sir. If it if it fits, because it's gonna be a big file, um, but I'll make it where you can go and download it. I'll send you a link. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right, Mr. Crosby. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.